0: Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network.
1: Y'all thought you could get rid of me that easily? You really (laughs) thought I was going to stay away? Sorry. But, yo, okay, let's keep it real. Let's get right to it. Patriots Daily Podcast, myself and the man himself. Taylor Kyles of CLNS Media. I'm Kyrie Thompson of WBUR, formerly of WEEI and Boston.com. So excited to be here with all of y'all. And thanks to CLNS Media for putting this together with us. I mean, look, let, uh, j- just short backstory here. When they reached out, when Taylor reached out to me, he sent me a text, you know, a little while. We've been following each other. I had him on my podcast back in the day, and he was just like Hey, so uh, would you like to do a podcast together? Just wondering. I was like, uh, yeah, like, let's go ahead and do that. And from there, it was just a matter of of making the whole thing happen. And I'm Mm -hmm. thrilled to be here on a day where there is some momentous news. But first of all, how are you
0: doing, my man? I'm doing well, man. This is so exciting. And honestly, the most exciting part besides finally teaming up with you. Long term, having a name, being official and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it was really awesome, like sincerely, to see how many people were supporting us. And yes. we excited uh, for this pairing and for this show to really be a, a real thing. And for us to be official Absolutely. and whatnot. So a, a massive, massive thank you to everybody out there um, who showed us support, who's been showing us love. We're going to try to get better for you guys every single show. But I'm excited to be here right now. This is awesome.
1: Absolutely, you know what? It's just like everybody else, you need reps. Yes, late as always. You you know, like, look, we're 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 Tradition. running on a
0: certain kind of time. You know what this is. You know what this is. <laughs> this is the we'll, blackest patriots CPT, out there. If you know, you yeah. know, little we'll CPT, yes, yes.
1: blackest <laughs> patriots podcast in the game. That means we can't be on time, you know what it is. But look, let's get right into it, okay? So yeah. the other day, I'm over here scrolling Twitter and I see Patriots sign receiver. You know, and, and I see the I see the first letter D and I'm like, what did they oh, do okay. it for real? <laughs> and I see Devonte Parker. Oh, interesting. Bad, yes. Right. So so Devonte Parker uh, agrees to a three year thirty three million dollar extension with the New England Patriots. And then obviously we're going to get to our other guy here soon, Jawan Bentley, linebacker, mm-hmm. also signs an extension with the Patriots. But you know what? Let's start with the wide receiver because you know what? This was not the wide receiver that everybody expected yeah. them to sign. Not 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 a you know DeAndre, but Devontae. Yeah. How are you <laughs> feeling
0: about it? I feel good, and the biggest reason is because. We mentioned this when we were doing a little recap of OTAs and minicamp. Yep. But Devontae Parker was really the only consistent contributor at receiver. I feel like Kendrick Bourne's honestly one of those, like he's kind of like Jimmy G when he was at the Pats, where it's like practice may not be great. Like, you're not going to hear reports of him having a great practice, but when they get on the field, he falls out. So, you know, but at the same time, Parker being the guy who, especially at the last day of minicamp, like he made I think five six contested grabs like he was just doing his Devonte Parker thing he's a big guy you know he's got build-up speed he may not create a lot of separation but he's outstanding in contested catch situations and what excited me most is the fact that I was saying if you read my article on CLNS about how Bill O'Brien can use Devon uh, Deandre Hopkins. This is so yep. hard. They're, they're two names. Like when they come out of your mouth. And yeah, you just look exa- and like, no,
1: I mean, uh, exactly. <laughs> I was over here trying to, you know, do my little setup. And I was like, am I about to say the wrong
0: one right now? Right. I was close. I, was close. I, I almost slipped up. <laughs> I caught myself though. Um, but yeah, no, really Deandre Hopkins at this point in his career. And if you even look at how he was used with Bill O'Brien, a lot of his production back then came in the slot you know, being used more inside or is a kind of Edelman type or he's the Z where you're kind of just putting him in advantageous situations because, yes, he was a great physical talent, but you don't always want to make life hard on your guys by having them backside at X. You know, if it's a really good player and a good offensive play caller, they're trying to make life a little easier on that guy and make it harder on defenses. So I think that at this stage in Hopkins' career, he's better off as a Z. And I know there was questions of, well, if they do get Hopkins and they have Devontae Parker, they're redundant. I would yeah. say that they overlap in the idea that they're both bigger guys who don't create yeah. a ton of separation, but are going to catch pretty much everything thrown at them. But Devontae Parker still has the ability to get behind the defense. Now he's not going to be burning them like Tyquan Thornton necessarily, but it's enough that that uh, Mac can actually throw downfield rather than it being constant back shoulders which is where I think Hopkins really is more in his career. Like, if you're going to go vertical, he's not really going to threaten you over the top. It's more he'll get that intermediate chunk play um, if you're not necessarily playing the right technique against what he's trying to do. So Parker, again, he's that guy who can actually get – behind the defense or create those explosive plays outside um and you saw at times where he was used inside on those crossing routes just because he is a faster receiver and he's a big body he can creates some matchups there so i was excited to see this i understand some of the conflict because of his injury history his age like i get that but he's uh, i looked at the numbers you know me i'm not a big numbers guy but yeah. looking at him He was second to Jacoby Myers in receiving yards. First, I think it was first downs, uh, touchdowns, explosive plays. Like he was a big contributor despite the fact he wasn't consistently on the field. So at the very least, you know, if he does get hurt, obviously unfortunate. But you have somebody who, when he's on the field, is a difference maker. And you can't really say that about a lot of guys right now because they haven't proven it consistently on the field. But Parker, once he got through that weird stretch at the beginning of the season where Mac was kind of just forcing throws to him and they were ending up badly, right. once they got over that slump, the Ravens game you saw them click. There was like three throws downfield where you're like, "Oh damn, yeah. okay, Devontae, that's the guy we thought we were getting." So yeah. you know, you and hope to be they fair, there was, there was there was
1: also and there was also the play where he chucks it up in the end zone and they didn't have it. You know, they didn't have the chemistry down, and that's yeah. one thing that yeah. they were working on in in training camp and mini camp, some of those trust throws but again that's not yeah. something that you're, you're not always gonna just gain that chemistry just through practice like some right. of it's got to be live bullets yes. how do you see the defense in the moment and, and i think that's mm-hmm. something they still had to work on but it, you brought up something i just want to touch on right you, you, mm-hmm. you said that you know Devonte parker he's not necessarily great at separation he was quite literally statistically the worst receiver in the league in terms of gaining separation however okay people will point to that and be like why'd you sign this bum to me that's not necessarily what we should be he hasn't separated like that really ever he's a big dude who uses his body like a basketball player to go up and get the football there is always space in the league for guys like that and he still does it very well and the other part to mention is the you know for example the, the yards per catch right and some of it might have been bolstered especially off of that that ravens game where but like everything though. was was 20 yards but look 99th percentile drop rate just did not drop passes
0: mm-hmm.
1: average depth of target big time down the field one, one of the one of the best receivers in the league in terms of average depth of target and then he also showed out against single coverage and man coverage look yeah the, the, the guy whether or not he gets open and separates and like wow he's open by a million miles the guy catches the football generally yeah. when, when when it's thrown to him and i think a lot of what we've got to talk about here what, what we need to understand context wise is the offense was awful last year the the offense as a as systematically was horrible so you could look at it and be like you know what Devonte parker's numbers were terrible right? Yeah. Well, so were everybody's numbers. Literally, the only person on <laughs> offense who had good numbers was Ramondre Stevenson because that mm-hmm. was all they could do for a minute. He was getting force-fed. Was, exactly. was, yeah, he was getting force-fed and also the fact that he was just creating those yards out of nothing. Like, dude was getting yeah. stopped up at the line of scrimmage and just like houdini stuff. So look, get this, get these guys a real offense yeah. and then let's start to judge this a little bit. The injury history is what it is, right? We, we mm-hmm. knew that about Devontae Parker when he came here. But production-wise, when he's on the field, he's he's a solid player. He's mm-hmm. not an elite number one receiver. I, I get it. We know that. And I understand the frustration because we've been talking about this now for months. Whether it was get, you know, get DeAndre Hopkins or draft a potential number one in the draft, right? Mm-hmm. Get that elite talent. We all want to see that elite talent because I think that in the end, elite talent elevates quarterbacks and help them figure out how to be elite while they're figuring things out early in their career. Even when you're Patrick, I mean, when you're Patrick Mahomes, I mean, the guy was incredible, but he also had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, right? You, mm-hmm. you always have to look at those bits of context. So the Patriots don't have that. That is, that is completely true. They do not have that kind of player on their roster, but it's not trash. Okay, Devontae Parker is a solid football player when he is on the field, and I hope that you're going to see better from him this year if he can stay healthy just because the rest of the offense is probably not going to be a complete crapshoot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm on the same page as you. I, I really did like this signing, at the very least from a consistency standpoint, because you don't have a lot of that at wide receiver right now. G- Jacoby Myers, for years, has been the guy where when all this fails he's the guy you're going to front of the offense through this year is probably going to be more of a committee approach, but at least you have someone like Devonte Parker who proved that he could do it last year when he was healthy. And this year, again, he got off to a pretty good start in mini camps. We'll see what happens obviously when physicality ramps up, you know, when it's more competitive um, we have a long way to go, but it was a good yeah. first sign.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I think the other thing to mention, and this is why I talked about leading up to the draft about why I thought it would be a good idea to potentially draft a receiver you don't have a whole, or until this signing, you didn't really have a whole lot in terms of future guys on the roster at this position. This at least gives you something, a yeah. guy that, that is at least in theory under contract where if he's healthy and you like what he's been doing, you can keep him around because before it was literally just going to be Tyquan Thornton and like Juju Smith-Schuster and Trey Nixon. Yeah. Right. And, and like yeah. that, that's not going to cut it. So this again, it gives the Patriots flexibility. If there's one thing you know, the New England Patriots like it's flexibility. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that oh, they're going to rely on this guy for the next three years for sure. If another, if a better option were to come along, and he had a cuttable, he was at a cuttable place in his contract, you go ahead and do that, or your trader, whichever one. But right now, this at least gives them a, a, a another piece to a position. That you needed a piece at, okay? Because you didn't want to go into next year's thing in here. So we absolutely have to draft a first round receiver now.
0: Mm -hmm. And on top of that, like we talk about consistency and depth issues and all those things, there was also another guy that they re signed recently. Yes. Well, Juwan Bentley action we got. Now, this is someone who honestly, I expected this to be more of a move that people didn't appreciate enough. It made me so sincerely Pleasantly
1: happy. surprising
0: to see people like this move. And not just Pats Nation. Like, people around the league were like, yeah, no, this was a good re-signing. And, like, yeah, he's not getting paid the, like, top five numbers. But his contract is predicted to be somewhere in the top 12 range at least. Because not only is he an extra defensive lineman at the second level where he can stack and <laughs> shed better than really pretty much any other linebacker in the league. Like you're not going to find a throwback kind of style linebacker who can do that job and run defense better than Juwan Bentley it gives them a ton of flexibility and allows them to use their safeties. You know, they're more athletic linebackers at the second level to improve their coverage. But on top of that, you think of someone like Juwan Bentley is a guy who he's big, he's slower than you like, for someone who's patrolling the middle of your defense, but he's gotten better every year. And what is key to his ability in coverage is he knows where he's got to be. He gets to his spot. You talk about getting depth in coverage. So if you're a zone coverage defender, like if you're in the middle of a cover two, like let's just say, in yeah. that role, the middle is the most important role because you can't let someone run right behind you. Bentley does a really good job at getting depth after the snap where it at least eliminates the read from a quarterback like obviously every once in a while you're going to get a quarterback you really test you and is like how well can you yeah. do but that doesn't happen to Bentley if you really look at the receptions he gives up every once in a while if he's matched up against like a Christian McCaffrey type where it's like this is a receiving back they're basically a receiver you don't want any linebacker covering them no every once a in a match. while you'll see right like you'll see a missed tackle in space and it's he's still a linebacker that happens is often as you would expect but his consistency his ability to just eliminate reads for the quarterback because of his positioning his consistency in tackling in space which you wouldn't expect from someone who's 250 260 pounds like his instincts he's just he does everything like the do your job mantra he is a staple because even though he has physical limitations he does enough that he's not a liability And he showed more versatility. Like, that's why I say every year he gets better. They've been using him more on the edge where he's not a pass rusher necessarily, but he's someone who they can rely on as a run defender, but also as someone who can drop into coverage. And the blitzing ability got better last year. Yeah, Because you saw them getting in matchups like you see with Dante Hightower, Jamie Collins, where they're like, we're going to scheme you against a running back. And they're not going to be able to block you because you're 250-plus pounds. These are guys who are maybe 220. And you saw him against the Raiders especially get a couple really solid pressures. So, I mean, such a well-rounded player at this point in his career who really, again, that like sixth defensive lineman or whatever package they're in, but that extra defensive lineman at the second level, uh, he's so valuable in that role and was a signing I was really excited about.
1: And you know what? I was sitting here waiting for – the ability to jump in and say this and our guy Leslie over here. Thank you. First of all, thank you to everybody who's commenting everybody who's who's in on this right now, but Leslie makes a great point because I thought of him very much as he's, he's done. He's not, not quite the same caliber of player as Dante Hightower is, but that's the kind of role that he's, that he's playing a little bit right now because he is a little bit slower. Right, he's a bit of a slower big linebacker, but you go ahead and 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 first of all, the instincts, right? That that Taylor is talking about, the fact that you don't always need to be the best athlete on the field as long as you know what you're doing and where you're supposed to be, and he is a quintessential guy for that. Bill Belichick talks about it. You know, if you ask him about Juwan Bentley, he talks about the fact that he that he, he's one of the smartest guys on the team. And he's one of the most experienced guys. He's a leader in the locker room. He just does everything right, everything that he's supposed to do. And as long as you know your assignment, like you could look on film sometimes, and you could watch, you you could watch Dante Hightower literally at the snap of the football. The the the, the quarterback hasn't even gone back to to hand the ball off or do a play action fake or anything like that. And and Dante Hightower already knows where the ball is going. And you can see all the rest of the linebackers still kind of reading the keys, still trying to figure things out. And he's just going right. He is. He has gone. He is there. Jawan Bentley is is that kind of guy that I think he he relies on on that instinct. And then when he gets there, look. Okay one of my one of my favorite descriptions of Jawan Bentley was birthed today. Right, yesterday actually was it, by was it Brett, Brett Coleman, yeah, our guy Brett. Brett Coleman, who I mean <laughs> the does, master does, of metaphors, yes, Louise. does incredible work on his show, the Film Room, and on the Bootleg Podcast with my guy EJ. Might Snyder. be hearing
0: from him pretty soon on our show. By the way, I'm got, got to got a little to, exclusive for it, our it, viewers today. He might yes, be hearing from it, Brett pretty soon. Yes, and we, we got
1: we got a we got to crack open a drink while we're on here, but in Brett's words. Okay, you got to hear this. Juwan Bentley is a human runaway shopping cart in the parking lot that is inexplicably full of only kettlebells and grenades. Like, yep, there you go. What are what are we what are we supposed to say better than that? I mean, also the guy thing. the guy rocks a white Sox cap in his locker. I mean, come on, bro. Like
0: that's that that's dope. I'm a I, Chicago I, boy too. I'm I'm originally from Chicago, so Oh my
1: god! Oh my god! We have so much to talk about. South side, north side, what
0: side? I was south side. I was like literally right by. I was by. Um, I was by I was Soldier Field by the Let's Natural History Go. Museum that brought thesaurus. I look, grew up.
1: Look. I okay, big. so field museums one of my all time favorite places to be on the planet because you know about me. Ooh. I'm a dinosaur guy originally. Yes, sir. No, I was. I, I studied biology back in the day. Um, I actually went, Kyrie is I- a
0: smart one, by the way, just so, so, so I,
1: I, w- I went, uh, thank you very much, bro. But I, I, I actually went up there to the fossil rooms. Like I, I've seen them like doing the fossil prep. Uh, Sue is like my my favorite dinosaur ever. I have a picture of Sue by my desk. You know, that, that, that's how I get down. But anyway, we'll nerd out about Chicago. You guys are
0: seeing time. active relationship building. I didn't, yes. we, we are literally learning this on the spot. That was fantastic. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Okay. But but okay. like, so, so I mean,
1: so like, you know, Juwan, you go talk to him at the locker and he's always got the White Sox cap up there on the on the top shelf. And I was just like, bro, like, where'd you get that from? Cause I'm a Chicago White Sox fan originally. And he's like, oh man, I just, I just think the, the symbol is dope. That's what, that's why, you know, he, he did go to he Purdue though. So he, so he did yeah. go to Purdue. I mean, look, the yeah. White Sox cap and the White Sox City Connect uniforms for all y'all baseball fans out there that like to nerd out on that stuff. White Sox City Connect uniforms are the cleanest in the game. Everybody recognizes this. But I'm sorry, we got we got off track a little bit. Let's get back on track. That's what the people
0: track. come for. Yes, it, about, it is. Yeah.
1: It is, you know. But look, I, I think that with this linebacker, Jawan Bentley is. He, he is probably the clubhouse leader for this team, like literally. Yeah, no. He's yeah. the guy that is yeah. most often talked about. And, and saw somebody in the chat say, little love for Jelani Tavai. I just want to say Jelani Tavai way, way outplayed my expectations last year. I was he, just like, yeah. nope, this guy is trash. Don't want to see none of it. Jelani's and a
0: dude. Jelani's legitimately that, a dude. He's, he's that like up. linebacker too where it's going to be. That's like I, it's, I think in a lot of situations, if they use Mapu, I'm getting off tangent myself, but whatever. We're answering the people. (laughs) Let's Uh, do it. it, They want to know. I think it's going to be one of those things where it's on early downs. You'll see Jelani. Like there's going to be a rotation. They always rotate, especially their front. But Jelani is their weak side linebacker when they like to get in their run defense fronts. And he's a guy who can go on the edge. He can bump inside. Like, there's one package I've been studying. Like, I've been studying the Patriots defense, as you know. It's been driving me absolutely mental. Oh, I know. But I'm I know, learning a lot. I know. I know. You're <laughs> And you're, you're,
1: they, try, you're trying so hard to figure out some of these deployments. And, you know, one, one of the things that, that did not work but I thought was so interesting was during the Chicago Bears game when they put Tavai – and Bentley both on the edge of the line of scrimmage when they were expecting the jet sweep motion yep. to, to Velas Jones across the line of scrimmage to the right. They, they got beat on that one because they ended up going backside. Justin Fields kept it and went in for the, for the touchdown, but Stop. they had run that, but they, the, the bears had run that play earlier in the year for a touchdown. And they, and they were like, Patriots were like, Oh hell yeah, I know what to do. And they stuck those two Big-ass linebackers on the edge of the line of scrimmage, <laughs> and they were just like, what up, though? Now, they did get outsmarted on that, but that's the kind of thing that I, I find so interesting, the fact that they are literally like two – they're like little mini defensive ends like, like, yeah, in, like in, in, the, in the run yeah. game. They, they will blow it up. They'll stack it. And to kind of just finish off my point about, about Bentley, people want to know who's, who's in charge of the locker room right? Who, who, who are the team leaders aside from, you know, Devin McCourty, who's now retired, right? Mm-hmm. Matthew Slater, who's going to retire at some point, right? Or eventually, maybe.
0: Don't say Don't, that. Don't put that into the universe. He can play until he's 90. He'd be he's probably, purely out of respect. I, I mean, Like, look, if you put him out there when it's a 50-year-old Matt Slater, they're like, hey, man, we'll let you get, like, the brother, the, the brother's still <laughs> out there. He's, he's still
1: out there getting it done. But Jawan Bentley is that guy. He is almost universally the first guy that, that is mentioned in terms of the leaders of the team. So yeah. I, I the, when I saw this deal, I mean, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but there's a part of me that's like this. This feels like lifetime Patriot stuff. Yeah. This feels yeah. like you you get to be here as long as long as you want to be as long as you're healthy and you can produce. You're gonna be on the squad. That's what that felt like to me.
0: One sec, let me get myself unblurry. I'm gonna be totally trans. There it is. Okay. Hey, hey, but you know, you know what? We got a human <laughs> elements of the show, man. Look, it's this is first time. We it's got live. Is going- you know, exactly this is this
1: is, this is this is this is a live show, but I hope y'all are enjoying it. Thank you so much for interacting. Continue to do so.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh Juan Bell, yeah, man. I, I could talk about him all day. I feel like I just went through his entire role in the defense, but yeah, no, I mean Hey, we got, more, we, and he was one of those guys who I figured if there was going to be an extension candidate, I know that people want them to expend uh, extend on Wenu Duggar, but like guys like that, yeah. you're probably they're they're at the top of their positions, you know. And Wenu's not someone who's is heralded, even Duggar. You know, if you look at yeah, their but, but resumes, um, they haven't gotten the note they haven't gotten the notoriety. They haven't one gotten they the notoriety. Team, but but I'm gonna say this to. though,
1: Michael and Wenu just missed out on being an All Pro last year by like one vote. So they uh, they know about uh, him. Yeah. So when it yeah. so the league knows know, who
0: these guys are, even if know, like the public he, may not, yeah. The
1: the the league knows about big Mike. So yeah. that dude's yeah. gonna get paid. He's yeah. a freaking wall. He is a yeah. wall and a half.
0: You but know, that's but, why, I like those guys, you can't expect those them to get extended. It's in their best interest and the best interest of their agents to make sure that those are held towards more after the season because they're both expected to have very good years now guys like Parker and Bentley Bentley's a great player but just by the nature of what he does in the defense and his position you're not really thinking he's gonna make a ton of money at the end of this contract and the same thing with Parker where like Parker probably wasn't gonna like blow the roof off to the point where you're like oh we have to throw the bag at him because of where he is in his career so yeah, again, do like. I know people want some of the better players that are hitting for agency of to course. get extended. Hold off it? on that, but these are two guys again, who especially in the locker room, I think that's a big thing. If you look at the Patriots receivers' Instagram pages, everyone calls Devonte Parker Uncle or Unc. Like he is very well respected. You know they have a lot of reverence for him. So, and even when they asked him, how would you feel about DeAndre Hopkins signing with the team? He was the only, the only player, not the only receiver, the only player. Who seemed like, yeah, I'm no, I'm not, I'm not excited in any way for that. Next. He was he was literally like, I'm not answering that like next question. I like the guys we got. So you think maybe he was like, all right, I have a lot of reverence in this locker room. They respect me. You gotta give me like a decent contract. Let me stay around, mentor these young guys, especially with Jacoby Myers gone. Thought that was huge. And then, like you said, Bentley, huge locker room guy. And he's you also have to remember, like, how many guys were actually in leading positions when you had Hightower, you know, when you had that core group of guys where all the leaders were there from the championship years, Bentley was one of the only guys at that point in his career, other than John Jones, of course, another guy who's expected to yeah. step up as leader. But Bentley was one of those guys who was playing a lot when he was young. He had his lumps, but you also saw, like I was saying back then, this is a guy who's going to be on the Patriots maybe for his entire career because he has a skill set, and clearly these guys like him. So Really, really big in terms of leadership, locker room roles. Yep. Uh, so yeah, big sign But he's, he's let's a, move on kind of, to mailbag as well because I yeah. Feel like let, let's rambling. get
1: it. Let's let's get to your questions. Let's yeah, let's do that. it. Yeah, we no no we've been we've been having fun. Look, I hope y'all are having fun. I'm having fun. You know, I'm having that, fun. That, that that that's Woo. what that's what it's all about. All right, let's let's see what kind of questions we got. What's what's first on the list? How how about how about I I kick this one off? Uh, Please. when 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 the. First question comes through. What do, what do we got? What do we got? What do
0: we got? What well, we got on it? Spin right, that wheel. Spin yeah, that yeah, wheel. The, our,
1: our producer extraordinaire, amit drop this in here. How many wins do you think the Patriots will get if they get D Hop, meaning DeAndre Hopkins? I know. I know so I, I am going to say, if they got DeAndre Hopkins, I'm gonna go with ten. That's my upper limit, I would say, is 10. Because I think they're gonna what is get say without
0: them in the whole for oh, damn. Okay. All right. So we got some contrast here. That's cool. That's fine. Yeah, no, 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 let, let, What's let's what's your thing? Because because
1: I personally feel like, and, and and I don't I don't necessarily I don't wanna, I wanna make people mad, but I feel like the upper limit for this team, and I'm I'm factoring in division, I'm factoring in conference and all of that. I feel like this. This year, upper limit is probably 10. If they got more than that, then I'm thinking to myself, yo, this team might be a little bit – might, they might have something. Now, I, I, think, the, I think the range – and I thought this for the last couple of years. The range for me is generally like from 10 to 7. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to be a 7-win team. They're gonna, I mean, if they could, if they could no. win eight no. games with no offense last year, like literally no functional offense, I feel like they, they can win nine games this year. I I, re- I really do, and I mean that that's kind of crazy, right? When you think really, about the honestly. what the what the division looks like, but I still think they're going to go 500 in the division, and I wow. think they're probably gonna they're probably gonna beat up on on the worst teams in in you know on their schedule because they always do. So I, I I'm saying 10 because look at this. If it's DeAndre Hopkins, I, I don't know that I'm a hundred percent because I, I just don't know that I'm hundred percent in on Mac Jones. Just yet in terms of like the guy is elite. I think I think he's solid. I think he's much better than people gave him credit for last year. I think he was just put in a really terrible situation. Everybody (laughs) was everybody was. Yes. But I think there you go. You get him a, a number one receiver. Maybe he's not what he was five years ago necessarily, being meaning DeAndre Hopkins, but that's still a number one receiver. And uh, Devontae Parker's on the other side. Juju Smith-Schuster's on the inside. You got Taekwon Thornton kind of figuring his thing out. All of a sudden, you're playing with a pretty solid offense. Then it's just kind of about the offensive line, right? Because you got, got a solid group of skill players, then it's about the offensive line. Um, that said, I, I think the schedule's so tough that I'm still not ready to go above 10,
0: personally. Do- I have them at 12 to 13 wins, but I will say flat out. With with Parker? I mean, with Hopkins? So with Hopkins, I would lock them into 13. And the reason I say, hear me out, hear me out. I think this is going to be. I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. It makes sense. Like, please, but like, boo me. Like, boo this man, boo this man. I know it's a wild take. My idea is that I know their defense is going to be good. Their defense is going to be tough you're not going to lose a lot of games with a Bill O'Brien coached offense and a talented, overflowingly talented Bill Belichick defense. So my thought is they're going to be in a lot of close games. They're going to get blown out probably once or twice, but I think they're going to regain Patriot status of like, they don't have embarrassing losses. You know, like the past couple of years, especially last year, they had like three or four where you're like, geez Louise, like, You had that game and you lost it yourselves, like egg on your face. I think with Hopkins, again, because these games are close, a lot of them are going to come down to the final drive. If you have a Hopkins where I think Hunter Henry, Mike Kosicki. We we have not talked about the tight ends yet. And Devontae Parker. I think those, and if Juju's healthy, I think those are like three to four guys we can lock in where it's like, if I need a play in the game, I'm pretty comfortable that they're going to catch the ball because they have magnetic hands they may not be open but if it's the red zone you need a touchdown throw it to one of those guys your chances are pretty good with with Hopkins that gives you someone that one I think you can rely on where it's like I need to win this drive Hopkins lock in we have we know what their game plan is we know what they're going to do just win I think that's where it's okay they might win 12 games 13 if they're very lucky 12 if they actually execute the way that we expect them to. But I think with Hopkins, you're locked into like, no, when they need to win games, he'll come through for them. And he's that guy where Matt can really rely on, on top of them having a litany of other guys who are reliable possession receivers. So I know I'm more on the optimistic side there. I fully acknowledge that. But I do think their defense, defense is going to score on their own. Let's not forget the defense at times was scoring more than the offense in games. Or as much, which is terrifying to think well, about. they won because
1: but, the defense scored points. Like, that, exactly. that's literally the only reason.
0: And McCourty's a loss, but in his role specifically, like, a free safety's not making a ton of plays. Like, even Earl Thomas, like, you have to really make a mistake to let a free safety make a play. The whole point of their existence is, like, erase them. You never want to hear about them because they didn't do something that hurt you. So I think that with all the safeties they have, with the linebacking talent, Marte Mapu, the pass rush talent with Josh Uche just having a breakout year, maybe going to have maybe a second breakout year. I don't even know if that's a thing, but I just believe in this defense to win them games. And I think Bill O'Brien gives them enough stability on offense that they won't lose the games. And with Hopkins, I think it's where this is an offense that doesn't lose games and sometimes wins them because they finish to a team where it's like, yeah, no, if they have the ball last, they're legitimately, they have a legitimate chance yeah. to win.
1: I, I, I think to me, I, I'm, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. I feel <laughs> After like all that. I'm, a, I'm trying to keep it consistent here yeah, because right. I, I'm very much the kind of guy that's like, you got to show me.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's, I feel, yeah, yeah.
1: and, and, and so yeah. I, I'm talking that way about the jets right now too. Everybody's talking about, Oh yeah, yeah. they got Aaron Rodgers, They're going to win a super bowl. I'm like, they're still the Jets, so you got to show me. Yeah. With the Patriots, I, I believe they will be better. I do. I believe they will be better,
0: but you got to show me. So I. But, but I'm, let's say the defense showed you last season. Bill O'Brien has shown you his entire career. And Mac Jones, as a rookie with an offensive guru, was a Pro Bowl alternate, let's be honest, but they still made the, yeah. the playoffs. So that's what I'm saying. Well,
1: that was Mac Jones not fully unleashed you know Mm. and that that was that was kind of the protect mac offense and let's also beat up on the jets and like the jaguars and go ahead and cook them up and get a bunch of yards and touchdowns on on those games but towards the end of the year did not play as well also Mm. didn't play all that he played okay in the beginning of his rookie year, but he really ate up in the bad part of the schedule. So again, I, I yeah. still think the jury is a little bit out on Mac Jones as well. I'm not down. I'm not down on him. I mm-hmm. am. I, I'm like I believe he's going to be better. So so let's see. So I, wait and see is very fair. Very fair. so now now here here's the thing, if if they if if they win ten games, that's a playoff team. So yeah. I I think if if they get DeAndre Hopkins,
0: I'll call him a playoff team. I will. Yeah. And there was a question in there I saw, like, the the defense against good quarterbacks. And I think that's a very fair point because when you look at it, especially just by the numbers, they didn't do well. But there are certain games I think of, especially early in the year, where, like, Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers were two of the better quarterbacks that they scored off against. Aaron Rodgers truly was just unstoppable. Like there weren't a lot of throws that he was making in the second half of that game that hurt them. Where you're like, yeah, obviously the size of corner was an issue. I I, but think, it's like, I well, think
1: with that game that it was like kind of the fourth quarter and overtime. Before that, Aaron Rodgers was yes. low key trash. Like they they he they, was they, really they, bad. He was really they bad, they yeah. they had him right. They they yeah. had a good game plan for him, and that's one of those where you had a rookie quarterback, a rookie fourth round pick, playing in his first NFL game yes. you at yep. Lambeau field yep. and they just were trying to, they were trying to survive. Yes. I think, it and came, then it, yeah, yeah. The, the zappy game. So it's like, if, if you, if that, if that's with your starting quarterback, or honestly, even if you have Brian Hoyer for the rest of that, the way that he had been yep. playing to start, maybe that game is a little bit different because the defense was playing better and Rogers was not playing well. And you mentioned Lamar Lamar
0: they were playing him really well he was, in the He was first just half. killing their safeties because Kyle Duggar the, wasn't active the, for that game. They couldn't cover yeah. Mark Andrews. They had no answer for him. He was yep. Adrian Phillips, and it was Devin McCordy in off coverage. Like, they're just not big enough. Mark Andrews is one of the best receivers. He doesn't get talked about a lot because the Ravens offense isn't, like, an offense you think of before receivers or passing game. Mark Andrews is one of the best pure receivers in the NFL, and Lamar was just targeting him, and they were he was just crushing their well, safeties. Well, it was and it was the that. offense couldn't capitalize. Like that's yeah. real quick, real quick. This this yeah. is the whole point of my argument. Is one the defense, they looked bad because, like, yeah, they couldn't close those games. Because when you get a great quarterback in the fourth quarter, usually the defense can't really stop them no matter what they do. That's kind of the whole point. But then you look at the offense against the Ravens. They threw two interceptions in the fourth quarter, I'm pretty sure. Or no, there was a fumble. There was the, the, I think it was the Aguilar fumble. It was
1: was Aguilar fumble. And well, Mac had three interceptions in that game.
0: And two of them Um, were not his fault. Like there were like really bad. There was the one uh, to Devontae Parker where Devontae wasn't running the right route because they made an audible before the play. Yeah, And And you can see that he didn't know what the play was.
1: He didn't get it, so he threw it up. He expected it. and, And again, to me, that was like, okay, yeah, it's bad. You threw an interception in the red zone. But that's one of those early season, maybe that doesn't happen now. And then at the end of the game, when he throws the pick, I mean, who cares? Honestly, right, at that he point. was forcing the ball. Um, and
0: then like and we said, Aaron Rodgers, that was the Bailey Zappi game. The Josh yeah. Allen games where the, when they were in the red uniforms, week 13, all they were throwing were the quick pass and the screens where it's like, Oh, Marcus Jones scored a crazy touchdown. I just, I just, because I just remember a horrible angle.
1: I just remember mm-hmm. Bailey Zappi in the, in his first game. And again, I don't, I, I've said this a million times. I don't want to come off like a hater. He did about as well as you could possibly do. Yeah. When you were put in in put being put in that situation, but there were throws in that game that Bailey Zappi made where he just like put it up there like oh please God like don't overthrow it and he was just like yeah. he was literally just like mm, you the know? Devontae
0: Parker crossing route where there was literally just no just j- just just punted
1: it out there you know it's just like yeah. oh God um, and, and so. Again, I, I think he did as well as he possibly could, and maybe if that was Zappy's second game, you go ahead and win that game because he was just yeah. starting out. But anyway, so we we have a little we have a little discrepancy. I like it. I like it. First first podcast we got we got Taylor Kyles being being our man, the the eternal optimist. I tend to be pretty optimistic. As I wouldn't well. say eternal. Nope.
0: I got some I got some negativity in me, but you know I try yeah. to save it for I, when I'm like, yeah, I, I can't. I, I, I can't tend make
1: any to be I tend to be pretty optimistic as well. I would mm. say. But I'm definitely a little bit more like let let us see how this goes. But right. if if DeAndre Hopkins were to come, I'm willing to say that this is a playoff team because they they will they will have the requisite amount of talent to go ahead and compete on paper with the
0: teams in this division. To absolutely. me, absolutely, absolutely. And what do you think? We got. Uh, we know it's Friday. Everybody wants to get to their night. So should we do one more real let's quick? Let's do one, we one actually more. Contain ourselves. We'll do one more. About, yes. we'll be one more. Like, do maybe it. something on deal. the defensive side of the ball. Ahmed. What do we got?
1: I'm gonna say, man, you you're a very defensive dude. Like, I'm I'm noticing like that. I was born for
0: podcasts. (laughs) Well,
1: no, well, no. What I'm saying, man, it's like you you have a healthy appreciation for the defensive side of the football, and I utterly respect that. That that. So look, I I mean, I probably played mostly offense when I Mm -hmm. played, and like that was like what I was recruited to do. I never Mm -hmm. actually
0: did
1: you play, got recruited but, damn okay well it was d3 it was d3 like let, 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 let's let's get, I let's wasn't get it recruited straight. Let, one let, man get, in
0: this podcast was let, recruited so let, let's, let, let's let's
1: get it straight but yeah so so it's like i'm, I'm just saying but like def- defense was actually the side of the ball that i felt the most affinity for it's just you're not necessarily going to be trying to play around with a five foot five you know 150 ish pound safety because that mm. was my bet that was my best position you know but, uh I mean, I like to hit. I like to get downhill and go get it. But, uh yeah, I was a little small for all that. So they were just like, how about you just, like, run really fast with the ball in your hands? Um, but then, you know, you get hit in the head one too many times, and then you're like, I'm not going to oh do boy. that no more. Anyway, oh all right, look. We got a lot of talk about the safeties, corners, and wide receivers. Where do you see Keon White contributing to the team this year? Is it as a defensive end-like guy or more interior next to Barmore? I know – my answer Mm -hmm. when he was first drafted but i want your opinion
0: i'm gonna hold myself to 30 seconds because i'm actually going to be disciplined on this answer because i can talk about it for a long time so when it hits two one go all right keon white so i think he's got the body type of someone who would be more in the dietrich wise role were you expecting to be that like interior guy where he can play outside but you mostly want to see him rushing against guards But I think with Keon White's athleticism, on early downs, you're going to see him an outside linebacker, more of a Matt Judon role, where once he's more technically sound and you can rely on him, you see him kind of keeping runs in. But um, I think on pass rush downs, especially as a rookie, you're going to see him in more of an interior role. Boom! That was 30 seconds. Look at me. Look at you. You got it done. I I agree with this
1: because I think one thing that the Patriots did not have, and that was something that I, I was very interested in in the draft was they they could they could have used a a three4 defensive end a guy who actually plays more inside and has a little bit more pass rushing juice opposite barmore because barmore is like so far and away their best interior pass rusher that I feel like it was a void basically everywhere else mm-hmm. Keon white gives you some of that potential but again just like you saw with Dietrich wise outside on first and second downs I could I could very much see him basically being Dietrich Wise is Dietrich Wise, you know, early in in the possessions and then once he yeah. gets spelled Keon White becomes Dietrich Wise and he's inside or he's outside first and then he bumps inside. And then again, mm-hmm. when it's on third down, who do you want coming off the edge? Josh Uche. But again, he's <sighs> he is a third down pass rush specialist who is just Flash off the edge, right? Like I I just I I have I need to impress upon I need to impress upon you folks. If you watch it in real time, this brother is just too fast. They can't touch this man. But again, he's not an every down, he's not an every down outside linebacker. But then if you have Dietrich Wise Jr. and Keon White taking some of that pressure off, and then you get to put him in on pass downs, meaning Josh Uche that's nice and i think that white gives you more juice than godshaw and and lawrence guy and like carl davis and guys like that
0: oh there i will say because i see a little bit a little bit of lack of appreciation in the comments godshaw is one of the better nose tackles in the entire nfl like his job is not easy and he does it well i know it's very hard to see live but take it from me i watch this stuff until i'm blue in the face he's a good player Lawrence Guy, also a good player. But the whole thing with both of them is that they're one-dimensional. You get that. But uh, I just want to show them some love. But, yeah, Keon White, man, he gives them so much more versatility. I'm hoping this is the year that we see Judon in more of a high-tower role where he rushes from inside and can just, like, bully guards because you really rarely saw him in that role uh, last year. But, yeah, just Keon White being able to be on the field and just manhandle your weakest offensive lineman and just dominate him physically, that's going to be awesome.
1: I know I don't need to tell you this. I'm going to keep this brief, but I know I don't really need to tell you this, but I'm going to go ahead and, and bring this up. One of my favorite things from that 2021 defense was when they decided they were just going to unleash all kinds of hell and chaos and, and, ju- and just just be absolutely just horrible people and put Matthew Judon and Christian Barmore on the same side of the line of scrimmage. And then, and then not only that, we're going to stunt them. So we're going to have Judon come inside against the guard and we're going to have uh, Barmore overwhelm the tackle there. Like I'm sorry. I dream dreams about this work. dude.
0: I you, dream you, about this. You talk, you things. talk about, uh, you talk
1: about nasty work. That is exceedingly nasty
0: work by the Patriots. And I want more of it. We're going to get plenty. This is, this is the year where you see Belichick like, all right, I'm not going to be here for another five years. I'm an old guy. I need, I need me some time on the vineyard with my lady. So, you're going to see him and Steve, obviously. I, I do want to mention Steve is, has a huge hand in what they do defensively, but they're going to be breaking out all the craziest stuff. Like, again, I told you, I've been studying. Like, I'm trying to understand how their shifts work and everything. And if last year was any indication, this year is going to be absolutely madman. It's going to be fun.
1: Yes, it is going to be fun. Hopefully, the offense is some semblance of, if not fun, like, all
0: right, competent. <laughs> I don't yes. even know why I did that in but, quotes,
1: but... but Well, I mean, come on. After last year. Like, <laughs> After last year, yeah, there's some skepticism. I, I mean, you can't take anything for granted. Please, God, just get, us, just get us something. Score points in the red zone, for God's sake. I just
0: want to have fun watching a game. Watching One sports. Time. That's the whole point. Please. <laughs> That's all I ask.
1: Yes, and Amen. I mean, I would just like to say Taylor Kyles is going to be at some Patriots games this year. Oh, that, yeah, I will. And that makes me happy that this man is going to be in the press box makes me happy doing too. the thing. <laughs> and you know what? It would be nice to to do a little bit of that with you if we get the chance.
0: We shall see. John, you hear this? Yeah. Help some yeah. brothers out. Help some brothers hey, out. Boss.
1: Yeah, well, we we, we already <laughs> talked about it. But you know, we I want to stay true to our word. All right, that was our last mailbag question. That was our last bit of discussion for the day. I want everybody to have a wonderful 4th of July weekend and a great 4th of July. Have a wonderful holiday. I will be on vacation next week. I will be out of the loop. I don't know if you will be in the loop, but I will not be. So... I will see. You I live in the loop, baby. Of... I'll be there. Yes. I'll
0: figure it out. <laughs> I
1: mean, actually that, that, okay. That's actually kind of like a pretty metal quote right there. Like I live in the loop. That's pretty I live good. In the loop. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we got We got to put that on there somewhere, but anyway, have an absolutely wonderful weekend. And thank you to all of y'all for being in the comments for all the mm-hmm. love. We are so happy to be doing this. Like, seriously, this is so exciting. Thank being you. on here with my dude, been following this guy for a while. And uh, it's all for the fans. I've
0: been following you for longer. I followed you first. So I was a fan first. Just so the record is straight.
1: Okay. All, all He's right. He's the all OG.
0: Right. Uh, well,
1: I mean, I am old. So like, let's be real here. But yeah. So while we're doing this, you know, f- just be prepared for, for some, for me to find some way to get dinosaurs in here. Cause I swear to God, I will do it. And Mike Larry, our guy who put this in, who put this in the, in the chat, my last note before we get out of here, you said you need more film breakdowns. We're going to have some film breakdowns. We are going to have some film breakdowns on this show. We are going to nerd out about football on this show. We are going to bring film to you. You will get a chance to watch it with us on here. Listen to us break it down and have a good time or a bad time, depending on what kind of play it is. But look, that's what we're that is what we are gonna do for y'all. Anyway, thank you so much. Have a great, great weekend. We love you, Coach Williams. Yeah.